Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And what this verse is saying is that you and I can sow and think we're sowing good seed in the right soil at the right time and in the right way, but there are two options. One is sowing to my flesh, the other is sowing to the spirit, and the fact that he brings it up in Galatians 6 verse 8 means that it's an important distinction, that I need to be aware of this and I need to be thinking every time I sow. You say, what is sowing, Greg? It means giving of my time, my energy, my passion, my money, anything I give, my, my resources, all-encompassing, if I give those and I'm sowing into something. You know when you invest in an, uh, an investment scheme, you put money into it, you invest and you are sowing to reap a greater reward. That's the reason you invest. When you invest into a family, your children, you're sowing into them so that you can reap healthy, happy adult children. Everything you do, you are sowing to get a reward. And this verse says that I can sow to my flesh or to the spirit, but I want to say to you, that it's not an easy distinction. How many of you know that sometimes we are doing spiritual things, but we have fleshly motives? Isn't it true? I'm serving the Lord and I'm worshiping, but out of the corner of my eye, I'm looking. Is that boy looking at me today? I'm visiting someone, but all the time I'm wanting somebody else to know that I visited because I'm sowing to my own flesh. And I, what I want to do today is go through four passages of Scripture that describe to us the difference between sowing to my flesh and sowing to the Spirit because it, it's like going on a train track. If I sow to my flesh, this verse says, I will reap corruption. But if I sow to the Spirit, I will reap everlasting, eternal life. It's an important distinction, amen? I want to know. I want to know if everything I've been sowing was to the Spirit, and from this day onwards, how do I sow to the Spirit? So this first passage is this very Galatians chapter 6. He starts the chapter talking about bearing one another's burdens, being a family of love, how we look after one another in the church family. And then in verse six, he says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Amen. Share stuff with me if I'm teaching you, and I'll share with you if you're teaching me. Do not be deceived, verse seven. God is not mocked. In other words, this principle cannot be got around. It always works. If you sow, you will reap. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap every time without exception. The only thing is sometimes there is a break where God gives grace to enable us to come to our senses and start sowing correctly and then judgment day will come at the end. But there will be a day of reckoning where every seed sown will reap its correct 
fruit. Right, verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. In other words, it's possible for the farmer to be sowing and then after three months he's looking at his field and there's no fruit and he says, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up watering the seed. I'm going to give up praying. I'm going to give up helping my brothers and sisters. I'm going to give up serving in children's work. I'm going to give up the work of the Lord. He says, don't be weary of doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Have you ever lost heart? Have you ever been sowing and sowing and sowing and the fruit's not coming? Lord, I'm loving these children. I'm disciplining them. I'm putting your word into them, but why are they still terribly disobedient children? Have you ever been there? He says, don't lose heart, for in due season. You see, just as in the natural world, seeds and sowing and reaping take time and there are seasons, God says there are seasons. There are seasons. Don't lose heart. And that's a word for somebody here. Don't give up too soon, please, my dear friend. Imagine the farmer gave up just before harvest time and he said, I'm going to dig up these potatoes. I'm going to dig them up because they're not producing anything. And as he digs up, he realizes, oh no, look, they were going to produce a harvest, but I just didn't wait long enough. Don't lose heart, amen? Can you and I agree today? We're going to persevere. We're going to keep going, even till our very last breath. You know, even if you sow and sow till the day you die, let's just say you live very long and you die at the age of 89, even that is a short season compared to eternity. And we will reap in due season, either in this life or in eternity or both. But let's not give up. Let's not grow weary of doing good. Let's encourage each other. If you see somebody doing good, say, well done, bro. Well done, my sister. Keep it up. Amen? Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. So this first passage is saying sowing to the Spirit is in the context of the household of faith. In church, one of the ways that I know that I'm sowing to the Spirit is if I'm with brothers and sisters and we're pulling together in a direction. We're sowing together. We're working together for the Lord and for His kingdom. Share with those who minister gifts to you. Do good to the household of faith. Faith, bear one another's burdens. Sow to the Spirit within the context of the family. Right. Bear that in mind. Family. Next passage. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 36. He's been talking about the resurrection. And for some reason, the Corinthian church had got into their minds that Christianity is just for this life, and when you die, you die. There's no eternal life. There's no resurrection. There's nothing after this life. They thought Christianity was just good principles for living here and now. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. There is eternity. There is a resurrection. And everything you do here on earth is sowing for a future harvest. And then in verse 36, he says, Foolish one, 
what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And I'm going to go on in this passage and read a a lot of verses about what he says, but I want to stop there and just highlight this. If we're going to sow to the Spirit, and he's going to talk about the Spirit versus the flesh in verses to come, but one of the important principles is that it has to die. And he's saying, he's using the picture of a seed being planted in the ground as if it's died, and only when it's been planted and covered over with ground does it germinate. Jesus used this exact same illustration in John 12, 24. He said, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. And the principle is this, if I'm gonna sow to the Spirit, it's gotta be a complete release of this thing that I'm giving. You say, Greg, what is the relevance of this? It is very easy for us to think we're giving to God's work, either money or time or investing in relationships or whatever it is, but we're keeping a a hold on it. There are strings attached and we are trying to control the outcome. And we're saying, I'm giving, but I want to control this thing still. And he says, no, you've got to plant it and let it go and let it die. And if that person responds well, well and good. But if they don't, it doesn't matter because you've been sowing to the kingdom of God. And that is a freeing principle. I want to say this will set somebody free today. If you will invest in people and in relationships and in the kingdom of God saying, I'm giving to God and I'm letting this die, whether they respond well or not, it will free you in ministry. I've been in ministry for over 30 years, and I wanna tell you, if I worried about the response of the people I'm ministering to, I would have given up many, many years ago. But I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. You know, when we first started this church, Pat said to me, Many people have tried to start churches in Jersey. It hasn't worked and they've left. What are you gonna do, Greg? And I said to her, I'm ministering to the Lord. I don't care if there's one person or 100 people. It's for God that I'm doing it. And praise the Lord, Pat stayed in our church. (laughs) Phew, I got the right answer. But rightly so. She was testing me because she'd seen people who had been sowing ostensibly into the kingdom, but actually they were saying, only if you respond right will I keep doing this, and we should say, I'm doing this for God. Amen? I'm loving you because God told me to, not because you are gonna give me something back, and that will change our Christian relationships. Amen? It'll be wonderful. And also in money. We should give and say, God, this is, this is yours. This is for you. I'm not holding on strings attached and trying to control and using it to get something else. You know how people do that? I'm gonna give you, but only if I get this, 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 and this back. That's not giving, that's not sowing. Right, let's read on. Verse 37, and what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain, But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Remember, we're trying to work out how do I sow to the spirit and not to the flesh? How do I give so that I don't 
put preconditions on what the response will be. I let it die, but the second part of that is I don't say it must be this kind of harvest that I get back. He says, when you plant a little seed, a grain seed or a sunflower seed, the plant that grows looks nothing like the seed you've sown. Isn't that true? Have you ever seen a sunflower seed? It's a tiny, smooth, shiny black seed. Tiny. Have you ever seen a sunflower? It's beautiful. And listen to what he says. God gives it a body, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same. There is one kind of flesh of men, another of animals, another of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies. The glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's a glory of the sun, the moon, the glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. What he's saying is, if you and I were to try and guess what our heavenly bodies would look like, we wouldn't have a clue. Praise the Lord, because I like this body, but I want a better one. And he says the difference is so vast that it's not just you with a halo and wings and a harp, no. You in heaven, the difference between you now and you in heaven is the same as a sunflower seed to a sunflower. The difference between earthly things and the sun, moon, and stars. He says the difference is so huge, and when you plant the seed, you can't really even imagine what the final plant is going to look like. Let me read on. Verse 43, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is the natural and there is a spiritual body. Verse 46, however the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. And he's gonna go on to say, let me just read it. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. That's us earthly beings. As is the heavenly man, Jesus, so also are those who are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, we look like our earthly ancestors. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. And this is so hugely helpful and important. He says, when you sow to the Spirit, don't use your fleshly mind and preconceptions and ideas of what your eyes will see to try and guess what the final harvest will be like. You know, I'm not much of a gardener, but I have seen packets of seeds. And when you buy a packet of seeds, let's say tomato seeds, the picture on the packet is of a tomato plant. It's not of what the little tiny tomato seeds look like. You and I are so conditioned and used to using our physical eyes and senses to judge things that when we sow and reap, we can be wrong to think of things only in human and physical terms. And he says, don't do it. The spiritual is so much greater, so much more wonderful. When God looks, 
He doesn't see the tiny little seeds in the packet. He sees the finished article. When you and I look at each other, we see each other as we are and we think that's all there is. When God looks at you, he sees the finished article, beautiful, glorified, as different to your earthly body as a plant is to a seed. And he says this to you and I. Think about things from the heavenly perspective. Don't limit your, your view. When you sow to your children's lives, to your spouse's life, when you pray for the nations or other people, when you give to the poor or to God's work, when you invest time and energy, don't be thinking earthly things. Think of the great harvest in this earth and in the life to come. But there's a couple of important principles. Number one, he says you always start with the natural, physical. You start with the seed. You have to plant something that is earthly. He says you can't just say, oh, I'm sowing in the spiritual realm. He says you always start with the natural. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. You always start with sowing something that is physical and earthly and fleshly. Your time your energy, your money. We must do things physical, but then he says, now think bigger, think larger, think spiritual. Expect things from God's perspective. And then this last little point before I move on to the next passage is he indicates here that the heavenly resurrection is gonna be so much more glorious, but there is the earliest manuscripts, so this, this verse here says, um, as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. But the earliest manuscripts say, we do already bear the image of the heavenly man. First John says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. 2 Corinthians 5 says, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is already a new creation. We are already the righteousness of Christ. Ephesians 2 says we are already seated in heavenly places. There is a part of us that is already that new supernatural being. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says we used to look at Jesus as a fleshly man, but we do so no longer. And we don't look at anyone else as a fleshly person anymore. We look at them as the spiritual plants that they're going to become and you and I, if we're going to sow to the Spirit, A, we must let it die. B, we must sow a physical thing to reap a, a spiritual. C, we must be thinking of the eternal. But we must be imagining greater glory. Greater glory. And, and a farmer does that on purpose. When he sows something, he's thinking of the beautiful harvest that he's going to get. It's hard for us to imagine, but he says, think about the greater glory. Can I challenge you? When you give offerings to the Lord, is it just, oh, well, I'm giving because they need to buy a new whatever it is, projector? Or are you thinking heavenly fruit, heavenly glory, huge harvest of something supernatural? Because when we expect something, it changes everything. It's, it's like an, a, a principle in the kingdom of God. When I expect something, I open the door of faith and things start to happen. You ready for the third one? Right, so we've learned about being in the family of God. We've learned about letting the seed die. 
and thinking about the great harvest that's to come. We're trying to work out how do I sow to the spirit and not to the flesh. And I'm really hoping that we get this. The, last one, the second last one is James chapter three, verse one. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now he's gonna talk about sowing and reaping in this passage, but he starts off talking about teachers, why? Remember in the first passage I read, he said you must share good things with those who teach you because the word of God is so closely linked to sowing and reaping that usually when it talks about sowing and reaping, it's talking about sowing the word of God and teachers in the body of Christ sow the word of God into people's lives. And he says, he warns teachers, he says, be careful, there's a stricter judgment. Then he goes on to talk about how we use our tongues. He says the tongue can set a a blaze on fire, it can set a ship's course. The tongue is so important. And then he summarizes in verse 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? He's talking about teachers. You say, Greg, why are you telling me this? A, because you might be a teacher one day, but B, because you and I listen to teachers and he's asking us to discern the teachers and say, be careful you don't let somebody teach you something that's gonna put the wrong seed in your heart. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So I'm looking at a teacher And he says, look at their good conduct and their meekness. Yes, but they're so wise. Their words are so great. They seem to be preaching such powerful teaching. Do they have good conduct? Are they meek? What is meek? It means strength under control. It means somebody who doesn't show off and boast and tell everyone how great they are. It means they're willing to submit. He goes on. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, in other words, it's not spiritual sowing, but is earthly, sensual, demonic, in other words, it's sowing to the flesh. He says if a person has bitter envy and self-seeking, or other versions and other parts of the Bible translate this word, this word selfish ambition. He says if a person is bitter, is envious of others or is promoting themselves. Selfish ambition, look how great I am. Come to my meeting. I'm preaching over there next week. Come and see me. If he says, if you see that, that does not come from above. Wow. It's not from above, it's earthly, he says. That's sowing to the flesh. Yes, but they're preaching the Bible. Ah, but are they meek? Read on. He says, for where envy and self-seeking or selfish ambition exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. You see, we unfortunately have got into the world of celebrity preachers, where we think it's okay, if a person's preaching the word, it's okay for them to be a celebrity. And he says, no, no. If they're self-seeking, selfish ambition, or envious, they're trying to compete with another preacher or something, he says, that's not, that's not of God. Listen to what he says. But the wisdom that is from above, in other words, if they're sowing to the spirit and not to the flesh, 
is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. There's a list of how you know a person is sowing to the Spirit and how you can listen to their teaching. Are they pure? Are they peaceable? Are they willing to submit and yield? And then he goes in the last verse on to say, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is the fruit that will be sowing to the Spirit when it's the fruit of righteousness. If there's righteousness coming out of them, then they will sow that Their fruit will become a seed in my heart and your heart when we listen to their teaching and it will be sown in peace and they will make peace. You say, Greg, what's this all about? The very important point that I want you to take away from this is we should discern and judge whose teaching we're listening to. Amen? Because it's like a seed. You say, yeah, but I can listen to anyone. I can go on YouTube and I can click the links and be taken on a rabbit trail, and I can listen to anyone, and I can just discern what's right or wrong. He says, no, no, no. You've got to look at their character, and to look at their character, you've got to know that person. You've got to know something about their life. Be careful, he says, because when we put a seed in, it will produce a harvest. Right, so we've looked at the church. We've looked at uh, letting our seed die as we bury it and, and producing a a spiritual harvest. We've looked at teachers and teaching and how they can sow to the flesh or to the spirit. And the last one is in John chapter four, verse 31. Jesus is sitting next to a well with a Samaritan woman. Do you remember the story? John chapter four, Jesus goes out of his way. He goes to this little place in the middle of the day when it's hot. He meets a woman who's an outcast from her city because she's been married so many times that people have turned away from her. She's lonely, but he has a, a word for her from God. And he says, living water. If you'd asked me, I would have given you living water. And then she goes back to her village and starts being evangel- an evangelist, telling people about Jesus, and his disciples come to him, And in verse 31 it says, In the meantime, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So they got some food in the village. They brought it back to him. He said, man, I'm full. I I don't need this fleshly food because God is filling me up. I have some food that you don't even understand. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Sowing to the Spirit is not about benefiting me physically, getting me food, money, uh, popularity. It's about doing his work. I've got to say, God, what is it that you're all about? Let's read on. Verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. 
for they are already white to harvest. And as he says this, the crowds are coming out of the Samaritan village to meet him because the woman has told them about Jesus. He says, lift up your eyes. Look, the fields are white unto harvest. He says, you say there are four months and then harvest. What's he talking about? He's saying in earthly principles, we can convince ourselves that it's not the time to do something for the Lord. God says, do this ministry. Start this prayer meeting. Go and join this life group, witness on the streets. And we say, I'm not ready. He says, you are ready. Lift up your eyes. The harvest is ready. Now the response is, but I didn't sow to reap this harvest. Listen to what he says. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for in this the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. I have sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the woman who testified he told me all that I ever did. He says, the way the kingdom of God works is A, we do what God wants us to do, not what meets our needs. We don't say, man, I'm looking for a church that'll bless me and that'll, no, we say, God, what is your mission in Jersey, in my workplace, in wherever it is? Lord, what do you want to do here? I wanna be part of what you're doing. That's how I sow to the spirit and not to the flesh. Then he says, you'll receive food, you'll feel full and satisfied, and he says, you'll reap wages. There is a physical blessing that comes. God looks after those who work for him. But then he says, we gather fruit for eternal life. There is an eternal blessing. And then he says, we reap and sow together. And this is the final point. When we're reaping and sowing to the Spirit, we're doing it, A, it's God's mission for an eternal reward, but B, it's with other believers. And some are sowing and some are reaping. I've had the privilege of planting churches in a few cities, and every time I go somewhere, I meet somebody. Sometimes it's after a few years. In this place, it was after five or six years, I met Annie and a few others who said we'd been praying for 20 years and God had given us a prophecy many years before you came that God was gonna do something with a lighthouse in this place. In the previous city that I planted a church, exactly the same thing happened. Somebody said to me, we'd had a prayer meeting for 25 years. God had given us a prophecy 20 years before. He's gonna start a lighthouse in this place. And I realized I'm reaping what others have sown, but that is how the kingdom of God works. That is how the kingdom of God works. You don't always reap what you've sown. Sometimes you sow and someone else reaps. Sometimes you reap what someone else has sown, but as long as we're doing the Lord's work, it doesn't matter because he's the one who's sowing anyway. It's all his work. But you've got to get into a group of believers who are all trying to do what God wants and then this principle of reaping what others have sown kicks into, into being. So, let me summarize. How do we sow to the Spirit? and not to the flesh. I've said many things today. I've said that it's in the context of a family. I've said that you've got to let your seed die and you've got to think of eternal things. I've said that it's important about the teaching and the, the way that we do our ministry, that it's got to be peaceable, submissive, meek, 
righteous, not trying to control, not trying to boast, not trying to point people to ourselves. And then lastly, it's got to be with a group of people who have his mission of lifting up our eyes and looking to the harvest field and saying, God, it's not all about our little group. It's not about us having a wonderful time of fellowship and feeling goosebumps and loving each other and loving you. No, lift up your eyes. Look out there. Just across the road, there are people who don't know Jesus. What about them, he says? That's the harvest. That's how you sow to the Spirit. You say, God, what is your mission? And he says, Jesus said again and again, I must go to the other people, the other sheep, the other cities, the other side of the lake. I've got to go, I've got to go, I've got to go. In Mark chapter 9, there's a, a story where Jesus was healing multitudes. He was having a wonderful time of ministry. In verse 36, he says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We've got to be praying for laborers. And it's not going to be qualified, ordained clergy, because if we rely on a few ordained clergy to do the ministry, we will never reach the harvest. All of us are laborers. All of us have to say, Lord, I'm lifting my eyes, not from what I want, what makes me comfortable, what makes me happy, what is your heart, Lord? What is your mission? What are you passionate about? And he says it's those lost ones out there. Pray for the laborers to go out into the harvest. Pray for people who will sow to the spirit and not to the flesh, who will sow thinking of eternal things, who will sow sacrificially and let something die so that God's kingdom can grow. I want to say thank you to this church because you guys are among the most sacrificial I've ever met. But I want to say it's not finished yet. We've got a big job to do. The world is full of people who don't know Jesus yet. And we need to say, how can I, me, how can I be sowing to the Spirit more? How can I be sacrificing? How can I be lifting my eyes? How can I be praying and thinking about others and God's mission instead of myself and the wonderful promise of Galatians 6 is if you sow to the spirit not to the flesh you will reap everlasting life and 1 Corinthians 15 says it's not just when you die you start to reap it now we start to see the results the fruit of heaven in our lives right here right now so I'd like us to pray let's pray together Lord Jesus You said to your disciples, lift up your eyes. And Lord, I believe you're saying to us today, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes from your own needs. Lift up your eyes from your own wants, your own problems. Lift up your eyes to the others, to the bigger harvest. And Lord, we want to lift up our eyes right now. We want to say thank you that we are so blessed. We have so much. We have more than enough. But Lord, now we want to lift up our eyes and we want to sow to the kingdom. We want to sow for eternity. We want to sow to what's important to you. I pray, Lord, that you would stir me to pray more, to do more, to give more, to serve more, to be 
more sacrificial and selfless in serving you. And I pray, Lord, for us as a church, because I know it will result in fruit. I pray that we would sow more into reaching the lost. I pray, Lord, that we would sow more into this island and in the world at large, that more and more people would come to know you. Father, I pray that you would use the money and the prayer and the time and effort that we put in to produce amazing plants, amazing harvest in this life and in the life to come. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to open our eyes to not just think in an earthly way, but in an eternal way. And I thank you, God, that your promise stands, that we will reap a harvest. I pray, Lord, for individuals here today who are on the edge, on the cusp, maybe wondering about doing something for you, committing to you more. Father, I thank you that you would help them, encourage them, strengthen them, give them faith to be able to take that step and to do something new and something great for you. And I thank you, God, that we are part of your great mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.